Hi, this is Kareem Kanji. At the end of this podcast, I have a really important message for everyone who wants to do their part during this COVID-19 crisis. I hope you enjoy the podcast and stay for a very important message. Now on to our episode. I am excited to welcome back to the podcast, 10-time Canadian champion, two-time Olympian, two-time world champion, and I'm sure there's so many more accolades to go on top. Please welcome back Perdita Felicien. Hi. How you doing? You know what? I'm hanging in there. I am so organized. I'm getting good sleep. I don't know. This is like a new normal right now for me. And I saw, I think it was on Instagram, you're, you're cleaning garages now? <laughs> yeah, I'm cleaning spice drawers, I'm cleaning closets, I'm cleaning garages. I promise our house has never been as clutter-free and uh, put together as it has been in the last few weeks. That's amazing. I mean, this could be like a new business for you. <laughs> like you know when we're... what? <laughs> <laughs> I'd be pretty good at it. I would. Yeah, what what we're because because I, I saw you you take care of that garage the other day and I said, okay, let me just write that down next time I need help when all this is done. <laughs> I'm, I'm expensive though. Are, I'm oh. expensive. Oh yeah, oh expensive. boy. So you get your so coins not, together. Not not just beer and pizza. It, <laughs> no, exactly. It'll be more. Oh my goodness. <laughs> exactly. Well, listen. Besides, um, making sure that. Um, your house is all clean and stuff. How have you, first of all, how have you been coping? How are things there? Everything's good, good headspace and everything? Yeah, good headspace for me. And I think, you know, I don't really recognize our planet right now. I don't think anybody does. Mm -hmm. Um, But I will say I, from basically the last ten and a half weeks up until the beginning of March, I had been filming a, a TV series that I host. And so I had been on the road for ten and a half weeks and we stopped shooting. It's called All Round Champion. And we'll talk about that in a bit, I'm sure. But yeah. um, we had stopped shooting, yeah, as soon as uh, this self-isolation and, and the COVID really started to become more serious. And mm. so it coincided with me just having been on the road for 10 and a half weeks, being a little bit fried and now having this like imposed break. So for me, I'm in a great headspace. I think I needed this time, but obviously, you know, you're probably like everybody else out there, you know, you feel it for families who are impacted, you know, frontline workers. It's, it's devastating for many. Yeah, it is. And, um, you know, I know, you know, you're, you're, you're self-employed, um, you know, stay quote unquote, staying at home is not new, but sort of staying at home. Like, you know, you're not, um, yeah. you, know, you know, I'm used to seeing photos of you on Instagram of, uh, you and your partner running around the neighborhood <laughs> and, right. you know, stuff like, like there's, there's none of that. You're not, you're not partying and, and no. dancing at weddings anymore. And, no, it's, nothing. It's, yeah. um, you know, I, I remember it was probably uh, the 15th or 16th of March. Um, I had to do a couple keynotes um, for um, a company. There's going to be about 200 executives, lawyers, that sort of thing, Coca-Cola, you name it. And so I was their keynote for one of their events, two of their events, actually. And they called me, let's say the Monday, and they're like, oh, well, we're going to switch it to video call. So you'll come in still and you'll present, but everyone will just log in virtually. It's like, okay, great, fine, no problem. 
And that's when I'm like, oh, this is actually really big, like a big deal. I, you know, and honestly, yeah, I downplayed it for a while. I'm like, oh, it's not that big a deal. And then about mm -hmm. a day or two later, things had changed so dramatically. Like we actually have to postpone. And that's when it hit me. as like, oh, and then event after event that I've been, you know, expecting to speak at or appear at and do whatever has just been postponed or canceled. And then, you know, so it's impacted my work. I am self-employed, but it has impacted me in that way. Yeah. And it's kind of like, this is a whole new reality and it feels a little bit like we're in the twilight zone. I don't know if you feel that way. It does. It feels like, it feels like I'm almost camping. Yeah. You know, it's like we're staying in. It's, it's, I mean, it looks sunny outside and I haven't been outside yet today to take the dog for a walk, but it's like, we can't leave. You got to stay in your neighborhood. Um, yeah. It all, it feels for us. It feels like camping. Yeah. It's but weird. you know, the thing is, it does. And I went, I went for a walk uh, the other day and I live in a neighborhood in Durham region where it's, you know, people are friendly, they're warm. And I was walking and we'd encounter people. And of course you'd stay your, your two meters at minimum away. And no one really knew what to do when they encountered somebody else. You didn't know whether you should smile, whether you should nod. You don't even want to be breathed on, you know, with a high. And so yeah. all of a sudden it was this weird uncanny experience where we're walking and we're strangers. We're not, and we are strangers. Yes. But People felt cold, like they didn't smile, they didn't nod. If you put your hand up to say, hey, it was kind of tentative, you weren't sure if you should do it. You know, if someone's on their on their block or on the street, you'd, you know, go or on their yeah, on the driveway, you'd go onto the street to avoid them fully. And I'm like, I don't like this. This is not the neighborhood or the, you know, the experience that I'm used to, but this is just where we are. Yeah, it's um I, I'm finding more people when I when I when we take our um our dog for a walk in the in the evenings. Um, I'm seeing more people on the streets, but you're right. Like where you know, if, if someone else is coming the other way, one of us goes up someone else's driveway. Yeah. Let them walk. Let them walk by. You're sort of not. You know, me. I'm I'm nodding at people I've never seen before. Um, <laughs> yeah. You know, it's um, yeah. It's and and the and the odd time I've had to drive to the grocery store. It's like it's everything is empty. Um, you know, more so than like over over the holidays when people are like away it's it's uh it is it is very strange very it, very strange it is i remember going to our grocery store so the week before let's say maybe two weeks ago we'd go there things were normal you're still trying to keep your distance but it's kind of hard uh we went about 10 days later and there's now plexiglass over the cash registers so i saw that yeah yeah and you know there's um arrows on the ground to show you when you're queuing in line there's only one line when you're queuing in line to check out there's an arrow to say, this is six feet away, stay back, here's where you should stand. And yeah. it was like, this is just what I'm not used to. There's someone at the front door with hand sanitizer to make sure you're sanitizing your hands. As soon as I got home, I don't know if this is right, but I disinfected all our groceries. Like I got some wet wipes and disinfected every package. I washed the fruit, fruits and vegetables, you know, in this hot vat in our sink, you know, soapy water. And yeah. it didn't feel right. But I knew it's what I had to do just to give myself a little bit of peace of mind. Of course, of course, Ab absolutely, I abs absolutely. Um, are you are you binging anything? You know what we Netflix? started? Yeah, we started the Ozark season one, so we're probably oh. yeah, it's pretty cool. For awesome show. Eight. Yeah, really yeah. good. And then we watched the whole foolishness. I don't even know how else to say it. That is the Tiger King. Okay, Have you seen I've, that yet? We're, I've done episode two. We're watching it as a family, one episode a night. Okay. Don't spoil it for me, but no. it is 
it is you, yeah foolishness is one way to say it for me it's like i can't believe this world exists yes it is it is funny on the one side uh, on the other yes. side i go that might have been i might have like visited a place like this back in the day you know what i'm saying yeah for sure. um but uh, it's uh yeah so you finished the whole thing eh yeah we binge watch like if we can get three or four in at one time we do it i won't give anything away but yeah. when you think just like you're like this world ex- this world exists. Oh, okay, cool. Well, I guess it does. And I feel like Netflix set us up. Like they've been holding on to this. I feel like, and they're like, oh, quarantined, self isolation. Yeah, I'm gonna drop this on all of you, and then we're stuck <laughs> with this Lion King kingdom. And when you think an episode has just gone off the rails, oh no, episode four. Yeah, we rave you episode five, and then you got to take that all in. And there's like seven total. So yeah, just just buckle up because there's a lot more if you're only on episode two or whatever. That that is crazy. Yeah. Well, listen, the the reason we're speaking today is because you were supposed to have a book coming out. Mm-hmm. My mother's daughter. So that's what that's postponed for a while now, isn't it? Yeah, like we, like you said, we're planning on talking today. We're going to talk about my book and, you know, the themes and it coming out. But yes, my publisher, Penguin Random House, has um, made the decision with um, a few of their spring titles and mine too, that they're just not going to release it right now. Mm -hmm. And, you know, you get that news. I've been working on this thing for almost five years. I'm, you know, two, three weeks out from like planning it, like media is all prepped um literary festivals are all booked you know we have this whole tour ready to go and then COVID-19 hits and so you know your best laid plans are really just kind of just there um yeah yeah, so there's no you know you can't really compete with this this virus there's like the whole world is at a standstill so yeah Krim unfortunately I love talking to you I'm glad we're still talking but yeah there's there's no book to really plug although you can still pre-order you can still pre-order but it's going to be a wait yeah, and so is, is do you know how long it's been delayed for? Yeah, right now, um, we're going to decide this week. So the thinking is, okay. it was supposed to come out April 14th. So um, if people are still interested to hear about it, they can still go to um, to Indigo Chapters and, and see it and view it and read an excerpt. Uh, CBC Books has also revealed the cover and they've um, also put out some, uh, some excerpts as well. So you can kind of check it out there. So the thinking is initially September of uh this year which is Mm -hmm. fine but my fear i said to my agent my fear is um if we're having this idea of september 2020 and then everybody else who's an author probably is who's delaying and i just feel like the market might just be really like inundated around then the other option which is um which is really hard to stomach is march 2021 wow a a whole year yeah, yeah a whole year but the reason that, um, and they brought it up as, a, as, an, as an idea. I don't even think they they thought I would accept that that notion because it is so way. So yeah. when um, when the deputy editor Amy Black messaged me, she's like, "The other one we're floating is March, but that might seem really far for you." I'm like, "Yeah, it seems really far for me. The book is done. It's packaged. It's at the printer. It's ready to go. People have yeah. told me they've pre-ordered." So the long preamble to say is, it potentially could be March 2021 which I'm at peace with, Karim, because it would mean that this book just gets a whole full reset. We have a year mm. to, to, to do it right. And it's also, to me, in my mind, this book, the themes in it, um, it's a mother-daughter story. It's a mother-daughter love story. It, it, it really, to me, is a, a Mother's Day book. And I love the yeah. idea of it around Mother's Day. And mm-hmm. I get that back now 
which is something that is really important to me. So it's, it's yeah. worth the wait, too. I've waited this long. What, what's another 365 what's, days? There you go. And you know what? You're, you're in good company because the Olympics have been postponed for a year. Yes, yes they have. So, you know, it, it may, maybe we come full circle. But um, listen, be, before we get to – I want to talk about the Olympics. There's so much to talk about yeah. there. But before we get that, let's let, – this TV series you were doing, yeah. Um, all around champion. Tell me about it. What what's you know what's it about? Uh, should we expect to see it on television? And 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 what what network is is uh, airing this? Yeah, good question, Scrim. Okay, so um, I know this is um we're doing just audio only, but if you were to see me, I'm in my office and I'm wearing my all around champion hoodie because it's Wednesday night, and so uh, all around champion is essentially a sports reality competition series. And so Whoa. we've taken, yeah, we've taken 10 young elite athletes from the world of diving, gymnastics, BMX, um, skateboard, wakeboard, you name it, 10 sports. And what they do is they compete against each other, not in their own sports, in each other's sports, right? So if I'm the hurdler, let's say we don't have hurdles on there, but let's say I'm on this show and I'm, I'm a hurdler, I become the hurdles coach and I have to teach all my nine other athletes to do the hurdles. And then they train uh -huh. for three days. And then on the fourth day, there's a competition. And so you never know what sport it is. So they roll up at this event. I'm your host. I'm your mentor. You roll up to this event the morning of, the of day one of whatever week it is. You don't know what's coming. You could be going to diving. You could be going to gymnastics. You don't know. You just have to be ready. And so you also don't know that you're coaching. So you become the coach. Your job is to get them ready. Not only am I there as their host, and then the athlete whose event it is is there to coach them, but we bring in a sports star. So we bring in a megastar, someone who has been to the very top of that sport. We fly them in, and they're with us for the week, and they coach alongside our athletes. Now, some of these sports you think might overlap. Swimming and diving, wait, maybe they have something in common. Actually, they struggled. Or wow. you might think, you know, the gymnast has an advantage when it comes to wakeboarding or skateboarding. And it's, it's those things that you think they translate. And sometimes they do, sometimes they don't. Um, there's a lot of tumbles. Uh, there's a lot yeah. of tears, right? But it really is a feel-good family show. And why I'm so proud about it is, you know, we have a little daughter, my husband Morgan and I. She's 11 months old. And, you know, she's not into TV right now. Actually, no, she's into TV. But <laughs> she's, not, she's not into this kind of TV. But it is the kind of show where mothers, fathers, guardian, grandparents, children can watch the show together. Yeah. And to answer your question about where you can find it, where it airs, so it's it's a dual network thing. So it's it's it airs in Canada on TVO, so TV Ontario. Yeah. Um, and so it started last week. So last week was the premiere of season one. So okay. it airs, yeah, Wednesdays and Thursdays at 5 p.m. Eastern, so episode one, uh, the first half, Wednesday night, uh, second half, Thursday night, 5 p.m., but in the state, it also airs on BYU TV, so if you're in the states, you can pull it up on their app, byutv.com, um, and you can watch it live there, or watch on their app at any time, live or later on, if you're in the states, and they're actually showing the entire hour every Thursday at 8 p.m. Eastern time, and... Wow. So we filmed over about three months last summer. Um, we packaged it, you know, all fall. And I guess the network, well, they loved what they saw because they greenlit season two. So when I said I've been on the road for 10 and a half weeks, we were filming oh, wow. season two in January till March for three months before uh, season one aired. So season two is winter. 
So, Karim, I froze my butt off for like 12 Oh, weeks. my goodness. <laughs> it was crazy, but it was fun. So, season two will air in October, and that's the winter edition. So, um, I'm excited about the show. You know, as someone who's been to the Olympics, but has also been to like the grassroots level of sports, just as an emerging lead athlete and starting, I kind yeah. of see their struggles. I see their journey over those 11 weeks and how they grow and how they stretch. So, these are really young athletes. Like, these are not like household names. No, they're not. No, they're okay. not. They're okay. really young emerging athletes, but they're they're champions in their own right. Whether they're you know our our diver is the uh, the state champion from California. Um, okay. There's also Canadian, so we have five Canadian athletes, five American athletes, and so in their world, on their level, you would know them. But no, but we might see them at the Olympics or the or the X Games or the World Championships in the nice. future. They're that good. Yeah. Nice. That I'm I'm look I'm actually gonna try try to pull that up today and yeah, uh, and, and, and give it a watch. That is awesome. Yeah, That's really great. really good. Yeah. Um, okay, let's talk about Olympics. Yes. So March break, Dick Pound seemingly out of nowhere. I think it was March break. Um, so week of the fifteenth, it might have been. Seemingly out of nowhere, says Olympics are going to be canceled. Um, and you know, people are going, ah, here's old man. I think he's a little bit crazy. You know, it's Olympics are all way, all the way out in the summertime. This, uh, this COVID-19 that is, uh, ravaging Asia, it'll be over. No big deal. Um, and then literally if you blinked, you missed it. Yeah. Um, Canada is the first, I think they were the first country Yeah, they were. Um, who pulled out. Then Australia followed. Um, and then, you know, maybe it was a week or so later, the IOC finally pulls the plug on it. But it was really interesting to see all the commentary. Yeah. Um, I want to get your perspective as a former athlete who's been to the Olympics, um, who has competed for years. So you're, you're used to that cycle and, and, knowing and planning when to peak yeah um you've also covered these athletes as well yeah what was going through your mind so here's the thing you know and you've done a really good job of setting it up and i'm just going to piggyback off of kind of what you said initially the ioc never wanted to cancel the olympics at all even though sure. there were some calling for it they didn't want to cancel it but the situation was it, it was looking like there was no other option. There was no other way forward. You saw the NBA, the NHL, you saw major leagues completely canceling or postponing their seasons. Why is the IOC suddenly different and special? You have a worldwide pandemic, this virus where thousands of people are dying. So you mean to tell me you're going to bring thousands more people together to Tokyo in July for three weeks and it's going to be okay? Okay, so that was the first, like, tone-deaf moment for me with the IOC. And to your yeah. point, I've covered, I've been to six Olympics, two as an athlete, four, four, this would have been my fourth as a broadcaster. So I've been there, I've done the dance, great. Yeah. So my first initial reaction was, as the athlete, not even the broadcaster, as the athlete, I thought, wait a minute, my mayor, my um, premier, my governor, my whoever, you know, is the authority where I live is telling me, stay your butt at home. But here we have the IOC telling me, well, get ready, be ready. How, Karim? 
How am I supposed yeah. to do that if I'm an athlete, right? How am I supposed to train? How am I supposed to weight lift? How am I, how am I supposed to jump over the hurdles? A lot of yeah. these athletes also had qualified. About 40 to 45% of spots for the Olympics were not decided. So how are those athletes going to qualify for an Olympic Games, even though you're saying, well, we still have three months to decide? So what? So there was a really, you know, just talking to some athletes that I'm still connected to, you know, by way of, you know, instant message and DMs and all that things. A lot of them were really stressed because they're getting this directive to stay home, stay safe, be smart. But they're also being told by the IOC, oh, be ready. The Olympics might still be going on. Do you see how torn an athlete might be? Mm -hmm. And how they might feel like, what am I supposed to do? And the amount of anxiety and just mental stress and anguish that would cause. Yeah, the other yeah. concern is, if you are, you know, as a herder, maybe I might be able to say two meters apart in a race. If you're a gymnast who has to touch, you know, equipment in an apparatus after someone else has touched it, if you have to wrestle somebody, if you yeah. have to be in a pool with somebody, the IOC is just not thinking. It's selfish. And mm. so... Haley Wickenheiser, um, you know, a formidable hockey player for Canada, came out and said she's also training to be, um, studying to be a doctor. She came out and said, look, babe, the games can't go on. You know, I've come out and said the same thing, like the games cannot go on. But the IOC decided, well, we're going to come out and make a statement. We're going to say, give us four weeks to decide, which again, Karim, does no one any good. You see yeah. the way this is tracking. You see what experts in WHO and ep epidemiologists are saying, like we are in this for months. And so finally... Canada, like you said, was a leader. They were the first country to come out and say, look, IOC and Tokyo Organizing Committee, if you have the Olympics on July 24th, 2020, no Canadian athlete is going. Right away, you heard Australia. Australia didn't say it in the same way, but what mm -hmm. Australia said is, Australia said to their athletes, get ready to have an Olympics in 2021, which me is, if you read, you know, in between the lines, what they're saying is, well, we're not sending your butts either. Yeah. And it kind of forced the IOC to all of a sudden say, wait a minute, what are we doing? So suddenly they had an emergency meeting or whatever it was. And then they came out and said, we're going to decide what we're going to do. The games might be postponed. Just everybody hang on. So this four yeah. weeks that they said they needed, you know, a week ago turned out to just be two days because they came out and just announced, like you said, the Olympics will now be held July 23rd. 2021 which karim has been like very mixed reviews for some athletes right yeah yeah so let's 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 pause there um and let's let's get back to when canada announced yeah. um yeah. and I, I i and correct me if i'm wrong i hope i don't get his name wrong or yeah. hope i don't misrepresent but i think yeah. it was anson henry mm -hmm. he 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 seemed livid he was upset oh, um he and he's not a i mean he, he was an athlete uh, yes. i think I, um he's he's now working with the cbc yeah um and uh, i remember seeing him i think it was on cbc news and he said you know he he didn't like the canadian decision he thought it was too soon he thought it was too mm -hmm. quick um i saw comments that he made you know when Haley um Haley wickenheiser you know tweeted out you know from her perspective as both a, a former elite athlete and current um uh, medical uh, student, yeah. um, and and he disagreed there. And, you know, I, I don't want to uh, you know point just at Anson Henry, but there were other athletes, mm. uh, Justin Knight, um, Sage Watson. I, I don't know who else, but there were a number of Canadian athletes that didn't like 
uh, either the way Canada made the decision or how they yeah. made it or that they made it at all. What are your thoughts on that whole thing? Yeah. So I didn't see Anson's tweets or comments in particular, but I do know some of the athletes that I've um, been in contact with or read their tweets like you have were saying they didn't like the decision. Um, more so they wanted the decision to be theirs. So the sweeping blanket decision mm. by the Canadian Olympic and Paralympic committees that they weren't going, it felt like they their autonomy was gone. The decision was made for them. They didn't like that. I also did see Sage's uh, his tweet where she just thought like, what's the rush? Why are we rushing this? We still have a yes, few more yes. weeks to decide. And you have to empathize for those athletes, right? For yeah. many of them, like you said, they've been preparing for this time for four years and more. These dates have been decided for years. They've planned their their entire life, whether they're going to school afterwards, whether they're going to start their families afterwards, whether this is their last kick of the can. This yeah. is now taken away from them in dramatic fashion. We also got to keep in mind that economically, this is going to devastate or really affect their years. Because if you're not competing, if you're not racing, if you're not performing, most of them aren't getting paid. A lot of That's these right. athletes as well... If they have sponsors, your option year, meaning the one year that your your sponsor may or may not pick you up in, is decided after the Olympics. So now they might be paid this year because they're supposed to be in the Olympics, but do sponsors pick them up in 2021? And they still have to do the whole damn thing all over again. So when I see that kind of frustration, and I don't even know if it was even anger, I, I'm not sure, but it's, it's more of a, being just um, upset I can understand yeah. it. I can empathize it, right? But I will say this. Athletes of the Olympic caliber are not the only ones who have to confront this disease. It is devastating. And to me, there is a time to put sport aside, and this is the time. People are dying. Mm. This isn't a time for us to truly be examples in our community. We talk about being pillars. We talk about being you know, stewards of good health and exercise and all those things. Well, it's contradictory for all of us to assemble in this one place, being our, our countries and our nation's strongest and biggest hopes for, for glory and excellence. It's actually contradictory if we're all going there in the face of this raging, you know, epidemic. It, it doesn't make sense to me. And your Olympic dream can wait. Your medals can wait. We all are tackling something bigger than sport. And I've said, the world does not revolve around the Olympic flame. Karim, I wish it did. I'd probably be richer. Yeah. But it, it doesn't. It doesn't. So let's put this aside. Let's have some patience. Let's, let's get this thing under control so grandparents and children and husbands and wives and people that we love are not dying or mm. not, you know, being devastated. And then you can go play your sports. And then we can go play our games. And then we'll show everybody just how big and wonderful the Olympics are and can be and how much they unite us. But now is not the time. Yeah, no, totally agree. I couldn't have said it better. Uh, than that as an athlete though you you know you talked about devastating to the athlete obviously you know you, you talk about the um the sponsors and the financial impact um you know someone who for example you know you were in um one of the highlight sports track and field right yeah. somebody might be in like rowing or or something like that where it's not uh high profile let's say yeah um you know, where maybe there's not uh, enough sponsorship money. So they're relying on yeah. um, the little money, you know, from uh, from the government programs and from the Olympic uh, programs. Um, you know, so they've got it, you know, that impacts them as well. But I, I want to focus on sort of the training and the peaking thing um, for for a moment. I was speaking with a, um, 
uh, a doctor, Dr. Greg Wells. I, I don't know whether you're familiar with him yeah, or not, yeah. but he works. Yeah, so he works with a lot of athletes, and he talked about this whole idea of there's a schedule that these athletes have, and you know, so if if their race was, for example, on July the 30th, 2020, they're you know from four years prior, they've got a whole schedule in place so that on the race day or on competition day, they peak. Talk to me as an athlete, as a former athlete. Um, what this one-year delay does. <laughs> oh, yeah. it. Um, there's a domino effect to it. So let's mm-hmm. just talk about the physiological, but obviously there's the mental and there's the financial. So physiologically, so as far as your preparation, like you said, you've just been, you and your team have just been plotting, right? And working towards this moment for so long. So a lot of athletes are entering kind of their, like their prime tapering phase. So now a lot of their sports competitions have been wiped out. So you're essentially in this in this phase, this kind of like dark phase where it's like, well, what do I do with my fitness? How do I maintain my fitness? You're, you're stuck at home, so you can't do that. Mm-hmm. So it's almost like, and some athletes that I've talked to said, I feel like I've just come this far to stop and it feels almost like a waste. So you've worked for three years plus. A lot of them have started this drive for more than a year, two years out, and all of a sudden you're halted. So all that work almost feels like it's just been erased, like it's been for nothing. So it's one thing to maybe not have the Olympics, but you don't have any season now, many of these sports, and you can't maintain it, you can't train. Yeah, you're on your patio. Yeah, if you're, you know, read cool set, you're outside running if you're a marathoner for Canada, that's great. You can still go outside and do some things. But as a hurdler, you know, as a gymnast, um, as a Paralympian, you're, you're, you're truly compromised. And so now what, what happens now in 2021 is this. You now have to wash this year away. So you and your coach, your team, your sports, you know, massage therapist, chiropractor, your coach have to decide how you treat this season, right? Is it a complete, you go dormant, meaning you just detrain or you don't train at all and you call it a wash. That's an option, right? Or do you start do you try and maintain it somehow? I don't know how you do that for some sports, right? How do you do that? You know, if you have to be in the water, how do you do it? I don't know. And so let's say we do get out of this in September, let's just say, and you decide to to start your season anew, you now physiologically, it's a bit of a jigsaw puzzle, right? Because now you have to restart the whole cycle again, but you haven't, gotten rid of that load if that makes sense right and so the kinesiology major in me is kind of like trying not to be too technical but essentially tell me about that it's interesting yeah yeah so essentially you have to now start from scratch but this this kind of load that you would have like you basically you're storing your muscles you're priming your muscles to like explode or do what they need to do in july in august at the olympics then you can kind of come down in august and september and then you start the build up again in the fall into next year and then you do whatever you have to do with with world championships or commonwealth games or european championships the lesser for lack of a better term the lesser championships right But now what you're being told is all this energy, all this prep that you have stored in your body and all this work that you have done, you have no place to like go with it. And and I'm just talking more for probably speed and power sports. I can't talk to to gliding sports or or all sports like swimming or whatnot. But essentially um, what happens now is you have to completely reset. But how do you do that without knowing when this 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 ban of of being able to go outside is going to lift? How do you write a program? Because most athletes 
um, coaches, you write your program, you know, in, in blocks of quarters or months and weeks in advance. But how do you plan for July now? How do you plan for September training? You don't know if you're going to be in the weight room. You don't know if you're going to be able to get into the, you know, into to see your, your massage therapist or your acupuncturist. You don't know. And yeah. so, but to me, that's probably the least of the problem here. And it's the least of the problem here because these coaches are sophisticated. They're world-class. These athletes are like the best in the world at what they do for a reason. Their body can rebound. They can bounce back. They can figure it out. The concern really is if this was just your last year of a cycle, right? Meaning you're 33, mm. you're 34, let's say in track and field, which is old. It's elderly. Let's be honest. It's geriatric. <laughs> Right. And so a whole year, Karim, in the lifespan of a hurdler in their mid to late 30s or whatever it may be, is a long time to hold out for, especially when you've been planning for this moment. So you don't even know if physically your body can hold up with training and competing for an entire year. That's a lot to ask. But let's put that away. Let's say you decide to, to push it. Let's say you can do it. Really, what is on the table and what is really at question now is your motivation it's your um yeah. emotional stamina it's your mental stamina and that is the juggernaut here that's what's really hard to do so all of a sudden let's say you have you and your husband you're an olympian your husband's daughter or whoever is the olympian in the family but you have a child you've decided between the olympic cycles and it's happened a lot with with athletes of all sports you decided to have a child let's say you have a one-year-old or two-year-old you, you, you're saying, oh God, well, 2020 is over. We'll continue our family. We'll expand our family. Those plans are now squashed. So now you have to decide, do you and your family have the emotional stamina to drop your kid off at daycare, to drop them at grandma, to ask your grandparents or your parents to take care of this child while you go and train every day for another year? This was the end for you. This was the last hurrah. You're going to get your medal the last three months. We can do this. Now suddenly you have to do this for an entire year. That's a lot to ask. And you have to do it now in the face of potentially not making any money this year because it's your full-time job. So you're not making any money because you're not competing. And then you have to do it next year and hope you can find the money to do it. And yes, there's a government stipend. I believe it's for Canadians at least. I think it's it's called carding. I believe, gosh, I've been retired for seven years now, but I believe it's $1,500. It was maybe $1,100. That's not a lot of money. No. Right? And then if you have sponsors, let's say you're fortunate enough to have sponsors, most sponsors end their contracts at the end of an Olympic cycle. So you get a two-year deal or you get a four-year deal. Many are at the end of their, their deals right now of 20 and wait until 2021 to see if you're picked up again. What sponsors might do is say, you know what? You're old. You probably, we didn't know what you're going to do at the Olympics anyways. We're just going to cut our losses now and start with a new, fresh, up-and-coming crop. We're going to basically trade, you know, the old Audi, you know, the 2016 Audi huh, for the 2021 huh. Audi. Do you see what I'm saying? And yeah. it's a reality for a lot of athletes. So you don't even know financially you and your family, you and your team can pull this off. And for every big name that we know at the Olympics, Simone Biles and Christine St. Clair and those names, they are fine. They'll be set, no problem. But for yeah. all those mainstream big household names, there are the young, not the young ones, the unknowns, the lesser knowns, right? That yeah. are doing this for their, 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 their town's glory, their country's glory, but they don't have the same financial backing and cachet. And those are the ones that are really gonna be at a crossroads here, and the ones that might truly struggle with this decision. Wow. There, there were athletes, not not Olympic athletes, or kind of. I'm, I'm trying to think of a hockey player too that literally took like a year off 
and come back and and they seem to have not lost the step and i'm wondering from a from a physiological perspective whether we might see some of these in air quotes older people really shine in 2021 because you know whether they were prepping for 2020 or whether they thought not 2020 it's I, i my body can't stand it but now it seems like everybody's forced to rest almost yeah that's actually a really good point and um you're right there's some athletes that take a year off just to rest their bodies others it's for pregnancy leave or whatever it is yeah they come back stronger you're so right and you're right that is a possibility here but i think what people first have to do is they have to process on an emotional and like a spiritual kind of like level of this dream that i've been like working towards it's almost like the torpedo heading in it's like all of a sudden like well i don't get to like you know, drop these bombs and go win my medal and do what I need to do. So I think they have to reconcile that first. But to what you you say is actually a really good point. If they can do that work, if they can compartmentalize this and put it aside and just pack their patience and do it later, and if their team can play smart, and maybe, like you said, it's a, it's a write-off year. It's a year where they're just resting and they're recovering. Any injuries, you know, that you've had, you're getting them together, you're getting your body mm-hmm. stronger, to your point, Krim, yes, a lot of these athletes that we might say have a lot of mileage on them might come back bigger and stronger in 2021, and that might be really be their year. But I'm no sports psychologist, but I would say that first, they really have to come down from whatever letdown that they're feeling, that they have to go and do this uphill climb again, because it is an uphill climb. Even though they do take the year or six months or, or six weeks or whatever it is they decide to rest, you yeah. have to do, you have to confront this whole fight of the Olympics again. When I say fight of the Olympics, it takes a tremendous amount of like psychic energy and like determination to just go down this path again. There's injuries waiting for you. There is doubt waiting for you. There's a whole bunch of pain waiting for you. You've deferred your entire life. Your friends are getting married. Your friends are having the babies. Your friends are opening up businesses. Your friends have their law degrees and their and their their, their medical degrees. And what do you have? Well, I have this dream of wanting Olympic gold. That's what I have. Well, what bills does it pay? Well, not many. So they really are going down this road again. But what I've yeah. said to a few of the athletes that I've talked to, and I've, you know, they, they haven't asked me for their opinion, but I've just kind of been there as someone to kind of like you know, encourage them. And again, more of this is text and, and, you know, messages on Twitter and DM and that, that not, I just said to them is look, you have to really, you're at a crossroads, whether you decide to, to stop and just start life. Right. Or you decide that you're going to give it one more year. I said to, to about four or five of them, I said, all I can say to you is I can't make your decision for you. I think your, your team, who I don't know very well, will support whatever decision you decide. But I'll tell you this, as an athlete who has never won an Olympic medal, but who has tried for about how many Olympic cycles? 2000, 2004, 2008, 2012. I'm dating myself. But for wow. four <laughs> Olympic cycles, yeah, did the dance and tried. I will tell you, looking back now, my last race was 2012. I said to them, you never get that chapter back. And do you want to be 95 years old, sitting in a wheelchair with, uh-huh. with, with, with hair on your chin, looking back with regrets? You probably don't. So yeah. if you can find the time to just come down from this, accept what it is, and then go again, I said for what it's worth, I would, I would, I would, I would decide for myself to go for it. Right? Because you don't get it back. What's another year? 
when when I've been done for seven years now, eight years now, I don't miss it, by the way. So oh, let's get that. I, don't, I was going to ask you, are you coming back? <laughs> no, no, I should. You know, 2021, I got a whole year and like yeah. three months. I can, yeah, no, no, not doing it. But you know what? <laughs> I, I say go for it. I see all the athletes out there. If you even have the doubt, go for it because you never get it back and you never want to regret, man, what could I have done in 2021? You don't want that. Yeah. Perdita, this has been an awesome conversation. Thank you so much for the time. I really appreciate it. Um, I hope that, uh, I, I know the, the first time you were on, we talked about there's an up and coming book and I said, come back. And you said, yes. Um, yeah. So when that book finally gets out there, um, I, want, I want to sit down with you. I want to talk, uh, talk, uh, talk to you about it. I want to learn, uh, learn more about your mom and, and about your family and, and, yeah. and, uh, uh, not just the struggle, but also the victory, of course. Absolutely, yeah. Let's let's do that. I would love to come back when we know that my mother's daughter is actually going to be like on the shelves for sale, physically available. Um, and I, I promise you, I'll be back on if you'll have me for sure. Oh, absolutely. Listen, uh, before I let you go, um, if people want to keep up with um, all of your shenanigans, your cleaning, your yes. your running, when when we're allowed to go back out and have fun, uh, you know, where can they go to keep up with everything that you're up to? Yeah, so um, if you love Insta stories, I post heavy on my Insta stories. So you can find me at Perdita Felician. So P E R D I T A F E L I C I E N. Uh, the same handle on Twitter. Uh, I tweet a lot about sports and just randomness and my shenanigans. Um, also, Facebook. Like I'm kind of on Facebook a lot more now. Same thing, Perdita Felician. So you can find me on, on LinkedIn too, although, you know. There's no really work going around, but LinkedIn too, you can find me there. So like on all the platforms, Perdita Felician, um, I'm there. Say hi. Let me know if you've heard this podcast and of course share it, you know, if you've had yeah. fun, I think, yeah, I think, um, it's, it's great to have something like this, Karim, just to have a, a chance to kind of chat and catch up because I feel like people are in their house houses, they need to be entertained and it's something yeah. to listen to while we're all at home and, um, and just find out what other people are up to. So it's been great connecting with you. Hi, this is your host, Kareem Kanji. We all know by now that our frontline healthcare staff here in Toronto and across Canada are doing their utmost best to fight off COVID-19. And we're doing our part by isolating in our homes and practicing social distancing. However, there's so much more that we can do during this pandemic. One of these things is by not buying and using medical grade face masks for personal use when we must go out into public, like buy groceries. Which brings us to a really neat initiative being led by Toronto-based menswear company, King & Bay. It's called the Shirt Off Your Back Face Mask Challenge or hashtag SOYB Face Mask Challenge. They've created a simple step-by-step -step video tutorial on how to make an effective face mask. You can create the masks for personal use or donate them to the Michael Guerin Hospital as King & Bay are doing. For more information on how to support the Shirt Off Your Back Face Mask Challenge, please visit mykingandbay.com or go to Twitter and Instagram and check out the hashtag SOYB Face Mask Challenge. <laughs>